Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Today's shir will be at Vartora on Parshas Chayisora. Parshas Chayisora is taken up mostly with the narrative of Eliezer going to Haran, going back to Chutz Oritz to find a wife for Yitzchok. As we know, the story is repeated in great detail. First, it's told as a third-person narrative. Eliezer did this, Eliezer said that, and so on. And then, after Eliezer finds Rivka, and he is invited to the home of her family, he then tells them the story of everything that he did. And so, and the Torah records for us everything that he said. That is a question into of itself, why the story is repeated. We're going to deal with a pair of psukim which seem to contradict each other. The Torah narrates it one way in the third person, and then when Eliezer retells it, he switches what would seem to be an important detail. Let's take a look. Eliezer, as he approaches Choron, he sees the girls coming out to draw water, and he decides he's going to use a sign to determine if he has found the right girl for Yitzchak. He says that if one of these girls will offer him water and will offer to draw water for his camels, and he will find that, uh, so that will be the girl. That will be the girl for Yitzchak. Of course, he's looking for a girl who is from Abraham's family. So that is understood that, he, that uh, he's looking for a girl from Abraham's family who will offer him the water and offer the camels the water, but he's going to use a sign. The girl comes out and asks to give him and agrees to give him water and to give the camels water. That's the girl. And so it says that, uh, that uh, Rivka came out and he asked, of course, he didn't know that it was Rivka right away. He asked her for some water and she, she very graciously drew water for him and then she drew water for all his camels. And then it says that he was very excited, very uh, tense to know how this was going to play out if she is in fact the right girl. So it says, It was when the camels finished drinking, and the man, meaning Eliezer, took a golden ring, Beka Mishkaloi, its weight was a beka, a certain uh, fairly small uh, measurement of gold, and two bracelets upon her hands. So he took this jewelry and he placed it upon her hands. That refers presumably to the tzmidim. The nezem is, is, is uh, I would assume, is a nose ring. Anyway, he gave her the jewelry uh, and the Shneid Smidim, the, the two um, bracelets were Asara Zahav Mishkolam. They were 10 gold in their measure, 10 measures of gold. So he gave her 
all of this jewelry. And then the next Pasik says, Vayaymer, Basmiat, he said to her, Whose daughter are you? Hagidi Nali, please tell me. Hayesh Besavich Makom Lanogalin. Is there in the in your father's house a place for us to stay for the night? So after he gave her the jewelry, he then said to her, Whose daughter are you? And she answered that in fact I am from the family of Basuel, who is Avraham's relative, and very happy ending. Very happy uh, quote unquote coincidence. He found the right girl. Of course, what is troublesome is is that he gave her the jewelry, which is sort of a, a seal upon the deal. According to some commentaries, that it actually was the Kiddusha that actually affected the marriage. He gave it to her before he even was sure that she's the right one. We'll talk about that soon. Let's go to the parallel Pusik later on. This first Pusik that we have discussed is the Torah's third person narrative of the events. Now we'll take a look at a Pusik, which is in Eliezer's retelling of the events. He is eventually taken to the home of Rivka's family and he sits down and he they offer him food. He says, no, I can't eat. I have to first say what I need to say. So he begins to tell them the whole story, how his master Avraham is a very wealthy man and he has a son named Yitzhak and he sent me out here to find him a wife and I, and so on and so forth. forth. And I, I asked your, 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 your daughter or your brother or your sister, and I asked this girl Rivka if she would give me some water to drink and she gave me and she gave all the camels. And then it says, Va'eshal saw." And I asked her, Oimar, and I said, Basmiat, whose daughter are you? Batoimer, and she said, Bas Besuel ben Nahor, I am the daughter of Besuel, the son of Nahor. Nahor was one of Abraham's brothers. So I am the daughter of Besuel, the son of Nahor, Asher Yoldaloi Milko, that his wife Milka bore to him. So I ascertained that she is from the family that I am seeking. And then I placed the ring on her nose. And I placed the bracelets on her hands. So there's a very obvious contradiction between this Pasuk, Pasuk Chav Beis, and this Pasuk, Pasuk Mem Zayin. Pasuk Chav Beis says something which is not so easy to understand, but it seems to say that he first put the jewelry, he gave her the jewelry, and then he asked her, whose daughter are you? And, he, and he, he found out that she's the right girl. She's from the right family. She's from the, she's from the family that he is seeking. That is not so easy to understand, but that seems to be what Pasuk Chav Beis and Pasuk Chav Gimel are saying. Pasuk Mem Zayin says it the other way around. Pasuk Mem Zayin says, I asked her, whose daughter are you? And she told me, and he found out she is, in fact, she is the girl that he's looking for. And then he sealed the deal by giving her the rings and the bracelets, the ring and the bracelets. So how do we deal with this apparent contradiction in Psukim? The first thing I'd like to discuss is Rashi and on a technical level. I've said many times, 
that Rashi's approach to, to learning Chomish is that he explains Hamikroyas al Sidram. He explains the Psukim according to the order in which he comes to them, according to the according to the order that they are written. And part of what that means is that when there is a repetition of Tupsukim, or even when there is a contradiction between one Pasuk and a later Pasuk, Rashi generally will not deal with the contradiction until he comes to the second Pasuk. Rashi wrote for us a running commentary, goes from Pasuk to Pasuk to Pasuk. So if he comes to Pasuk Aleph and it says X, so he'll explain it. If there's anything that needs to be explained about that, to be explained about that, Rashi will explain it. Uh, later, it could be uh, 50 psukim later, 100 psukim later, 10 psukim later, he comes to another Pasuk and the Pasuk says, why? Says something contradictory to the first Pasuk, Rashi will deal with it in his comments on the second Pasuk. Until he gets to the second Pasuk, it generally, to Rashi, it's not relevant that there's a contradiction to the first Pasuk. And in fact, we see this in Rashi's comments over here. In Pasuk, on Pasuk Chav base, where it says that he gave her the jewelry, and then he asked her, what family are you from? Whose daughter are you? So here, Rashi does not seem to be worried. He does not seem to be concerned that there's another Pasuk somewhere else that says that it was done in the opposite order. What Rashi does says is as follows. He said to her, whose daughter are you? Before he asked her, he gave her the ring. Rashi seems to be focused on the fact that this is not very, doesn't seem to be very logical. Not because there's some, asik, some other Pasuk that contradicts it. On its own terms, it's hard to understand why he would give her the jewelry before asking and ascertaining if she's the right person. Rashi answers, Avraham. He was, he trusted in the merit of Avraham, literally that Hashem had made successful his way. It, the simple reading of Rashi, I think, is that up till now, Hashem was matzliach as darkoi. Hashem had made his way successful. He had taken a long trip safely and successfully, which is no small, no small feat. And uh, he had arrived in the proper place and he found a girl who fulfilled his request of giving him water and giving water to the camels. Everything was going in a way of Hatzlacha, in a successful way. And therefore, he was Batuach, Beschusel Abraham, that the end will also come out good. He was so sure that he had had so, so much success so far that he was sure that his success is going, was going to continue. And therefore, he did this, he took this unusual step of giving the jewelry first before actually clarifying that he is speaking to the right person. No mention in Rashi of any other Pasuk. However, when we come to the second of the two Psukim, where it says in Pasuk Zion that first he asked her and then he gave her the jewelry, 
which would seem to be the more sensible thing to do. There, Rashi comments on the contradiction between the two psukim. Rashi says, I asked her, and then I placed the jewelry on her. Rashi says that Eliezer here changed the order of what he did. He really, in fact, did give the jewelry and then ask. As strange as that may seem, but Rashi explained it. He was so sure that he was going to be successful that it's it's like he already knew. Here, Rashi has Akasha, however. Shina Haseder, Eliezer, changes the order. He doesn't tell over the story the way it really happened. Sha'arei, hu asan, because really, he originally gave the jewelry, and only then, later, did he ask. So Rashi's question is, why did Eliezer tell over the story, not exactly in the order that it occurred? Hello, rather, you have to say the answer is, he did it this way, he told it over this way, so that the family of Rivka should not catch him in his words. They shouldn't and say, how could you have given the jewelry? And you still didn't know who she is. Didn't want to appear foolish to these people. These people would not have understood how much trust Eliezer had in the Zechus of Avraham, and how much trust uh, Eliezer had in the in 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 the in the ability of a Baruch Hu to bring him success. That that they wouldn't understand. They would just think he's a very uh, strange person. Who you know, who gives a wedding ring before knowing that he's talking to the right bride? So, according to Rashi, Rashi here on the second pasuk wakes up to the fact that there seems to be a contradiction between the two psukim, and Rashi gives his answer. The answer is, what happened, happened. What it says in the first Pasuk, that's what happened. He first gave the jewelry, and then he asked Rivka, who are you? He changed when he told over the story. He didn't tell it over exactly as it happened, because he didn't want to appear to be foolish in the eyes of Rivka's family. So Rashi here sticks to his way, he sticks to his rule, that he does not comment upon a contradiction between two psukim until he gets to the second of the two psukim. Interestingly, Rashi's own grandson, Rashbam, Rabbi Shmuel ben Meir, who wrote a great commentary on the Torah as well, he seems to get involved in this contradiction back in his commentary on the first pasuk. Let's take a quick look at the Rashbam on the first Pesach. The man took the, the golden ring and he gave it to her. We can say, really after he asked her, after he asked her, whose daughter are you? So really, although here the Torah seems to put it in the order of he gave and then he asked, but the Rashbam says really, we can say that what it really means is he asked and then he gave. As it is written in front of us, as it's written a little bit later in the Torah, in the retelling of his, of his, of his words, when he retells his story. Ella, why did the Torah here in Pasuk Chav Beis, Chav Gimel, why did the Torah make it appear as if he first gave the jewelry and then asked? 
He says, In order not to interrupt the order of Eliezer's words, and Rivka's answers, in order not to place anything in between the conversation between Rivka and Eliezer. Rivka and Eliezer said, whose daughter are you? And Rivka said, I'm the daughter of, of Besuel, I'm the, I'm the sister of Lovin. Therefore, the Torah put the act of giving the jewelry, really, the Torah put it before it really happened. And what do we see from these, this, these words of the Ranban, of the Rashbam? The Rashbam already here on the first Pasek was, seemed to have been somewhat troubled by the contradiction, and he's trying to wiggle out of the contradiction. He's saying an answer. That's Rashbam. Apparently the Rashbam uh, doesn't mind getting involved in a contradiction between two psukim when he's only first looking at the first Pasek. Because he's a very smart man, he knew the second Pasek also. But Rashi, Shita, all over the Torah, is consistent with some exceptions, which can be explained. But Rashi, Rashi Shita consistently is that he deals with a contradiction between two psukim only upon arriving at the second Pasek. Okay, that's some technicalities. Now, let's go to some content. Of course, we have the question back on Pasuk base, a very important question, a very strong question. Why would Eliezer do this? Why would he first give her the jewelry and then ask her and find out if she's the right one or not? Rashi, we know, said his answer. He was so, he trusted so much in the merit of Abraham that, uh, as some of Hashem say, it's as if he already knew. He felt that he already knew and he gave the jewelry. When he asked afterwards, uh, that was just kind of to make sure, but really he knew already. That's how much he trusted. There is another approach to this Rashi, a very interesting approach. Whether it is shot, uh, I will leave it to you to think about. One of the super commentaries on Rashi is known as Seda Lederach, uh, written by a very important uh, Talmud Chacham hundreds of years ago. Um, one of my uh, favorite super commentaries, the Maskel the David, the author of the Maskel the David, criticizes the Seda Lederach. He says he talks too much, he writes too much. It is true that most of the pieces in Seda Lederach are very long, and he quotes. The other Mephorshim, and he goes at length either to agree with them or disagree, and then he goes into Gemara's and Toysvis, and it, it, it can be very uh, daunting to try to work your way through uh, some of his explanations. Happens to be on this Pusik, he gives a fair, fairly short explanation, which is relatively easy to understand. It's the author of Seda the Derech raises a question. Eliezer, when he made this uh, sign, he said that if a girl will come out and ask and, and agree to give me a drink and agree to give drink to my camels, if a girl does that, so then I'll know that's the girl. Asks the Baltzeda the Derech, isn't that a prohibition in the Torah called Nichosh? 
There is a Pasik in the Torah in Parshas Kedoshim. It says, which means you should not use signs to, to determine what you're going to do. The classic example that, one of the classic examples that Rashi gives there really goes back, I think, to the Torah's Kahanim, to the Midrash. The example is, a person says, a person is walking along, he sees, uh, he says, if, if, a, if a deer will cross my path, that will determine what I'm supposed to do today. I have a choice, I can go here or I can go there. I don't know which one to do. So, then a, a deer uh, crosses his path, so he says that that's, that's, that, that decides it, because when a, if, a, if a Svi will walk in front of me, I'll go to the post office instead of going to the supermarket. That is usur. That's a form of fortune telling, which the Torah does not want us to do. So the question that is raised here is why hasn't, why don't we say uh, that Eliezer uh, transgressed this prohibition when he made this sign? And um, the truth is there's a machlekes in the Gemara Sanhedrin whether this prohibition applies to a ben Noach, to someone who was not a Jew, and Eliezer was not a Jew, he was an Evid Kanani, but there, there is an opinion that says this prohibition applies even to a ben Noach. So it applies to a ben Noach and it should apply to Eliezer. So why wasn't, why don't, how, how is Eliezer allowed to do this? It's the, the author of Seder B'derech says that that's what Rashi meant over here. Pardon me. This Rashi here, that uh, Eliezer, Eliezer gave the rings, and then he asked her, "Are you? Are, who, whose daughter are you?" So Rashi says, "Lefisha betuach hoya b'schuseshal Avraham sheetzliach hakadosh baruch hu as darko." Because he was certain of the merit of Abraham, who had already made his way successful up till now, so he was willing to give her the ring even before he really knew who she was. So the Balsayda Lederich explains that Rashi is saying this in order to answer why Eliezer was not guilty of the prohibition of Leisenachashu. And his, Rashi's answer is because really, the sign was not really what made the decision for him. He really was willing to give her the ring without even really knowing who she is, because he just felt, he just felt that he's in a, in a moment of success. And so the sign that he made is only a simen ba'alma, I believe are the words that he uses, just a, a sign. It does not really um, what determined his course of action. What really uh, determined his course of action is, is that everything is going according to plan. Okay. Others say that you don't have to worry about this question altogether of Lysenachashu because uh, it could be we paskin like the, like the opinion that says that Lysenachashu does not apply to a Ben Noach. Besides this question of Lysenachashu, there's another very important question on this Rashi. And the question is raised by the Gorarye. The Gorarye asks, 
Okay. He gave the jewelry, and then he asked her, whose daughter are you? And Rashi says, what sense does that make? Rashi says, because he was so sure already that she's the right one. Why was he so sure? Because he trusts in the schusay shal Avraham. He trusts in the merit of Avraham. Very nice. Ask the Goharia, ach kosha, but this is still difficult. Why should he give before he asks? He still should have asked before he gave. Okay, you have tremendous faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu and tremendous trust in the, in the Zechus of Avram Avinu. Therefore, you are willing to take this seemingly illogical step and to give the jewelry before ascertaining that the person you're giving it to is the correct one. Okay, that explains why you could do such a thing, but it doesn't explain why you would do such a thing. Why don't you just go ahead and ask? It's almost like you're relying on miracles when you could really just very easily uh, clarify and do it in a more natural way. The Gaharia answers as follows. What did Eliezer give to her? What exactly did he give? He gave to her Nezim Zahov Beka Mishkaloi. He gave her a nose ring that is was worth a Beka, a half measure of gold. And he gave her two bracelets, two Tzmidim, which were worth 10. Now Rashi says that this is not just coincidental. This is not just uh, the kind of jewelry that he happened to have or the kind of jewelry that was uh, in fashion that year. Rashi says, Beka is remez l'shikle Yisrael. The Beka, which means a, a half measure, is a hint to the shkolim, or really to the half shkolim that Klai Yisrael gave when they made their contributions to build the Mishkan, later in the Chumash. Beka lo There it says that it was a the, the tax that was raised from, from the from the Klai Yisrael was a Beka Lagogilis. Everybody had to give a half measure of gold per skull, meaning per person. So the Beka that he gave to Rivka, the the, 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 the ring that was a Beka Mishkoloi, is a hint to the Shkolim that Klai Yisrael gave to, to build the Mishkan. And it's actually a yearly mitzvah certainly for as long as the Beis HaMikdash is standing, that every year, every Jew has to give a beka, a chatzi shekel, to the Beis HaMikdash. And what are the Shnei Tzmidim, the two uh, bracelets? It says Rashi, remez the Shnei Luchais Mitzumadais. This is a hint to the two Luchais, the two Luchais of Riz, with the, with the, with the um, Aseris Adibrais on them, which were Mitzumadais, which were together. They formed one whole, one unit of Aseris Adibrais. Uh, she says, Asara Zahav Mishkalam. These bracelets were 10 gold measures in weight. Rem is the Aseris Dibrais Shebehen. This is a hint to the Aseris Adibrais, to the 10 commandments or the 10 statements that were written, that were engraved upon the two Luchais. So these pieces of jewelry that Eliezer gave to Rivka were a hint. As the Maral explains it, we'll see soon, they were a hint to the Avaida of the Beis HaMikdash. 
a hint to the service that was done in the Beis HaMikdash that would eventually be done in the Beis HaMikdash by Rivka's eventual descendants. And there were also a hint to the Torah that her descendants eventually would receive on Harsinai and would eventually uh, have as an inheritance for all time. And we'll see in a moment, the Maral explains that by giving these specific gifts to Rivka, Eliezer is hoping and praying that these things will come to be, these things will be realized through the descendants of this girl. Now, the, the Gurarya says, let's read a few words in the Gurarya. Um, let me find it. We had it before. Let's see if we can find it again. So the Gurarya asked the question, uh, okay, it's true that he had a lot of trust in the Kodesh Baruch and he had a lot of trust in the merit of Avram Avinu. He was willing to first give the jewelry and then ask. But still, why did he have to do it that way? So the Guraya says, Because he was not just giving her jewelry, he was hinting to her these inyonim, these matters of the beka of gold, which is a, a remez to the maxis shekel, and the shnei tzmidim, which are a remez to the Aseris Adibrois, Kamoshin is Voyal Amala, as it is explained above, or the Fikach, therefore, Kashir Roosha Hoysa Esruuya, when Eliezer saw that this is an this is a good time, this is a good moment. The Ashur Matslachas and the the moment, the hour is successful. He saw everything seems to be going just right. He made it all the way to Choran, and the, the girls are coming out to draw water. And he sees one particular girl step forward and he asks her, could you please give me a drink and give my camels a drink? And she agrees to do it. Everything is going right. So miyad osa harem is gamkin, says the maral. He therefore immediately made this remez of giving to her these specific items of jewelry. So as not to interrupt with talking at all. Because if he would talk, that would be mevatel, that would nullify, that would disturb his kavana, that would disturb his intent. Eliezer at this moment was in a state of great excitement, of great, we would say, great hisoiris, a great awakening, and a great awareness that it seems like HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to bring his plan to the utmost success. And he's praying for that. And part of that prayer is giving these gifts to Rivka as a tefillah, that from her should come out these great, these great uh, institutions, these great things. That is the Machsas Shekel and the Aseres Adibrais. He didn't want to stop in the middle. Say, excuse me, could you tell me whose daughter you are? He felt that this is the moment to do this act slash prayer of giving her the jewelry, and therefore he had to do it immediately. This is, I think, an important, an important practical lesson also, that there are moments, there are many moments when we don't feel the success, and we don't feel such a hisoiris, and there are many moments when we don't feel that a Kodesh Baruch Hu is 
bringing us to our greatest, to the greatest success that we can hope for. But there are such moments. There are moments of great simcha. There are moments when it seems like HaKadosh Baruch who is making everything go just right. And what's the lesson we're learning here from this Gurarye and this Rashi? That's when you, that's when you daven. That's a great time to daven. For example, Chassan and Kala under the chuppah. I'm sure there are other reasons why they should daven. But I think here you see another reason. They're about to realize their dream of being married. Great success in life. Great opportunity in life. That's, that's the time, not to waste the time, but to daven. Whether it means they have to stand there with the, with the tillum in front of their face. and uh, Okay, that's a separate question. But at least to daven believe, at least to have in mind, at least to think, please Hashem, make this successful. Please Hashem, uh, bring a refuah shlema to all those who need it. That's a very good time. That's a very auspicious time to daven. And other such times where one feels, one sees, and one feels that one's great success is imminent, that is a great time to daven. In, in summary, we see Rashi uh, sticks to his rule of commenting upon a contradiction only upon coming to the second Pusik. But on the first Pusik, he had a different question. He had a question that what sense does it make for Eliezer to first give the jewelry and then to give the rings? And we have Rashi's answer and we have the Maharal's very interesting comment upon it. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash